Good morning, New Yorkers. This is your governor, Andrew Cuomo. It has been brought to my attention that some of the women on my staff have not appreciated my form of Italian hospitality. They say I'm a creepy old man and a pervert. Maron, listen here, you broads. I'm not a pervert. I'm Italian. It's what I was taught when I attended Fordham University when a certain former ram told us when you're famous, they let you do it. They also apparently don't like it when you scream at them or send them the shrugging emoji when they text you asking you how many people have died in nursing homes. Anyway, unlike that other Fordham guy, Donald Trump, when he was accused of sexual harassment and threatened with impeachment, I will be stepping aside and resigning, but not for two more weeks. Why is that? Well, to sell more copies of my best-selling book, American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. Also, check out the audiobook as narrated by Woody Allen. Get the fuck out of here! Who's that? Who is that? Mark Schmidt, the guy who was gonna beat your ass in the primary next year, but you won't be running in that now since you had to go and fondle a bunch of women. Get the fuck out of here and let Western New York's own Kathy Hochul take charge. And shut off the friggin' PowerPoints too already. <sighs> Fine. But don't you dare take my father's name off that bridge, you son of a bitches. SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 30. Hey, Chris, I'm taking over Cuomo primetime in September. Welcome everyone to SB Unfurled and Friends in August edition. Hope you're getting in the last few little weeks and days of sunlight here in Olean. Nope, not Olean, St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure, what's that? It's not an Olean. <laughs> Lobot X here with SB Unfurled. Unfurled, how's the summer been going for you? It's been busy, man. I'm finally shifting my focus to the upcoming year with, um, as far as content-wise with you know the new team. I was doing a lot of TBT stuff up until you know late july so it's good to, sh- to shift you know as, as fun as that was starting to get back into what hopefully will be another great magical season with a top 25 team um already thinking of some new content to put out gonna rebuild the website a little bit and we'll have you know a, a ton of stuff i mean last year it was so scattered and, and basically I, there's no other way to put it it was a shit show with the scheduling during yeah. COVID, which we'll get into with our with our conversation with Matt Papano, um, but yeah, I'm. It's been going great, and it you know the season's going to be here before we know it. Looking back, it seems like May and June was just a couple weeks ago. It's been going by so fast. So looking ahead three months, uh, I feel like it's going to be here even quicker. This is sort of the most wonderful time of the year, but not really at all. It's actually a very frustrating time because this is the part of the year where. I'm constantly refreshing Twitter or actually turning on notifications for Bonnie's basketball because I actually want to know the schedule when it finally comes out because 
now it's just this long summer drawn out process of when are we going to mm-hmm. finally know the schedule? But when we talk to Matt Papano, a returning friend, he's going to answer some of those questions for us. Yeah. That that should be good. Well, the biggest news right now for the Bonnies is there is a new athletic director reportedly as of recording this on Wednesday, August 18th. Yahoo Sports is reporting that the Bonnies have hired a new athletic director. It is Joe Manhertz, who is currently the associate director of athletics and of major gifts at mm-hmm. Duke University. Um, interesting. I've never seen major gifts in an athletic department title. But you know what? That is because he is then in charge of Duke's fundraising for a lot of different programs in the athletic department. And as we know at Bonaventure, sometimes money is not always the easiest to come by. So this should be a good thing. What do you think of this hire? I think it's the perfect hire. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like people are thinking, well, anyone could have gotten hired and he would be talking himself into this person. But really, like I, I knew some of the finalists, some of the candidates for the position last Friday, I think I heard um, Manhurts was one of the one of the finalists. And I really, really wanted him. I think he's the exact guy we need. He's a, a development guy. He can really shine when it comes to fundraising. Um, especially from what I've heard are a lot of upcoming Riley Center renovations. He has connections and roots in upstate Western New York from his time at Cornell, uh, his time at Syracuse. Um, so a lot of connections he can really use to help help us with, you know, fundraising for games in Rochester and, and just across the board. Um, small school roots too, which which helps, but he also has uh, P5 experience and at the highest of the high levels, you know, Ohio State, Syracuse, Duke. And, you know, that's going to help a lot, I think, navigate the, the new changes in college athletics with uh, name and image likeness, with the new transfer rules, with a lot of the modern – things that are going on in college athletics, he has seen this at the highest level. So um, a basketball focused guy, obviously from coming from Duke, great academic background. I think, you know, uh, from everything I've seen and I've read and I've heard, I I think it's a phenomenal hire. Uh, And, you know, we, we had a vacancy with our athletic director. We have a vacancy with our school president, unfortunately. Um, so this is really, and then with what's going on with the basketball team, obviously the, the front window into our university, this is, I I think it's the most important like year of, from what I can remember in school history, as far as making the right hires, accomplishing things, um, you know, with, with basketball. So I I think this is the, hopefully the, uh, first half of what are two great hires when it comes to the AD and the school president. Yeah. Hopefully for those who are still students at Bonaventure, this is the coolest year to be an yeah. actual student at Bonaventure. Just reading off of the Buffalo news article, talking about man hurts. Some of the things that he did, he was a 96 graduate of Colgate. So that that's what you mentioned with the, the small school connection Colgate, yeah. you know, a team we almost played a, a year or so ago, I think before COVID ruined everything. So there's definitely some familiarity there. He's overseen some fundraising campaigns at Duke, including a lot of upgrades at their facilities like Cameron Indoor Stadium, which is probably the most famous college basketball arena anywhere, as well as some upgrades. What about to, Goal? That's true. Goal. Okay, the second most. It's one. It's up there. It's you know, Goal is you know, Goal is pretty high. And then you know, if maybe if Cameron Indoor Stadium had a pool, which you know. <laughs> Maybe Manhurt should have got that done, I guess. <laughs> but other than other than Cameron Indoor Stadium upgrades, there were also some premium seating upgrades at Duke's football stadium, which is pretty good considering, you know, Duke up until the last 
I want to say five to eight years, had an absolutely terrible bat- football program, just like Kansas football. But Duke, mm-hmm. I think they've actually gotten somewhat competent at football. So yeah. he's also helped out with, like you said, Ohio State director of development, uh, did some stuff at Syracuse, which we won't hold that against him too much. And then also Hamilton College, another upstate school. So it should be pretty cool to see what he has to offer. And um, as much as we can know about him, it seems pretty interesting. I think it's uh, it's a bigger um, title of a name that I would have assumed the school was going to hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, this is why we hired a search firm, Um I think, you know, on its face, just seeing, you know, he, he was just associate athletic director at a school like Duke. That's going to turn some heads. Um, we don't know too much about him other than just his resume, but I, I think for what we need right now and where we are in our, in kind of the life of our athletic uh, history, I, I think this is a perfect hire for us right now. Yeah. Like I said, if he can help grow Duke football, he can do just about anything. Mm-hmm. So let's get into um, our so next so guest. Our next friend. When I met you in the summer. We would like to welcome back another friend of ours to SB Unfurled and Friends. Matt Papano, Director of Basketball Operations for the Bonnies. Matt, thanks so much for coming back on with us for another little end-of-summer break uh, conversation. Of course, man. It's great to be back. You know, last time I was, uh, we weren't allowed in the office, so I was doing this from home, and now I'm back in the office doing this, so it's a little bit different, but it's always good to talk to you guys, and it's great to be back. I remember, I think we had you on last May when we were all pretty much still quarantined. And I, I feel like 90% yeah. of the things that we talked about <laughs> didn't end up coming to fruition. Maybe even like 100% of it. We I remember us talking about Yale, about um, a bunch of the other scheduling stuff. I mean, Virgin Islands. Like, yeah. Uh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't book it, but the, uh, the Virgin Islands trip that never was. Correct. Yeah, I think I mean, I think last year's college basketball season was not only the craziest year of college basketball ever, but just because it's over 300 teams and all the cancellations, all the I mean, like everything that was going on, maybe the craziest season in sports history. And I, I'm just curious, like from your side of things, what was that like? Like, did you um, it must have been just almost impossible, but I specifically I'm wondering about like, did you think about scheduling things on the fly? Was there anything close to coming to fruition that fell through in the non-league schedule? Like what is, what was that like from your perspective? Yeah, that's, it's, you kind of hit on the head. It was uh, unlike anything that we've ever experienced. And, you know, a lot of people went through it, obviously, Um, you know, some worse than us in terms of, you know, real life kind of stuff, but um, it was very interesting, frustrating. You know, you could use all kinds of adjectives to kind of describe it, you know, Probably most of them are bad, um, but um, yeah, I think the stuff we talked about in terms of scheduling, I, I don't think anything that we talked about the last time I was on actually happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. we had kind of <laughs> were in the midst of building a schedule for what we thought was going to be, hopefully, what we thought was going to be some of a normal season. You know, obviously that didn't happen, um, so we kind of had to regroup and you know rebuilt a condensed schedule um, that ended up being 
you know, completed. And then obviously none of or two of the games, only two of the games ended up happening of, of the of the rebuild schedule. Um, so yeah, your Yales and your, your Colgates, your Furmans, all games we had, mm-hmm. you know, signed up in, you know, Virgin Islands, as you guys mentioned, you know, none, none of that ended up happening, rebuilt the schedule. You know, we had our own issue with COVID early on, you know, that took us out of the bubble that we kind of announced and had some couple games there. Um, yeah. and then, what did we play two games? I think we ended up playing only Hofstra and Akron, you know, obviously right. got two wins out of that, but yeah, it, it was, you know, you, when we talked in May, you know, I'm telling you about these games that we think are going to happen, these tournaments. I kind of knew in the back of my head that these probably weren't going to happen. You know, kind of, <laughs> kind of felt like I was wasting my time doing it, but obviously it was my job, and you know, mm-hmm. still obviously moved forward with it. But um, so yeah, I wasn't too surprised that none of that stuff ended up coming to fruition. But um, yeah, then you know, like I said, we had our own bout with COVID early on, so we you know missed the bubble, missed a couple games after that, I think even and you know, had the Akron game lined up. So that was, you know, the first game back. And then there was a couple games, obviously, that we missed, you know, due to issues with other teams, um, yeah. you know, their own situations with COVID. You know, the, you know, St. Francis obviously was here in the building and then you know, had to cancel the game. Uh, Buffalo had an issue, uh, had to cancel a game. You know, obviously these are things we all know. So it's not like these are any secrets. But, um, you know, I got, got to play two games. There was, there was, you know, many instances that we tried to, to scramble and, and find stuff. Um, I know, you know, people in social media were frustrated. We couldn't pick up any games and, you know, I get it, you know, it's, that's, that's fair. Um, but you know, a lot of the things were, you know, the timeliness of it was tough a lot. We would find out a day or two before and just couldn't get anything together. You know, mm-hmm. logistics are not as easy as it sounds just to find a team, you know, to, to play, you, know, you got, you got an arena, you got staffing, you know, there's still a lot of unknowns with the COVID stuff that at that point. So it was kind of, hard to pull some stuff together. And obviously, and, and, you know, I guess, unfortunately we weren't able to, to add any last minute games, but um, yeah, I, I don't know that we were super close with anybody, you know, adding something, but we, you know, there were some deep discussions with a couple teams um, that, you know, almost happened, I guess, you know, some, a lot of local stuff, you know, your Western New York, uh, even branching out a little bit, you know, a couple hours away, more of that kind of stuff that, Mm-hmm. You know, we had some deep discussions on that had, you know, mutual dates, but, you know, nothing obviously ended up happening. And, you know, I don't know if us playing two games helped us or not, you know, going forward, you know, throughout the season, but, you know, it ended up working out, thankfully. Um, but it was uh, in, in, you know, not even the scheduling, so the travel stuff was a nightmare, you know, just, you know, obviously you guys knew, all, all know the, the non-conference stuff, but obviously the, the conference stuff too. We had, I don't think we, I think we played our first two games, the Rhode Island Richmond game, and then we didn't have a game again against a team that we were supposed to play or a, on a date we were supposed to play until the last game against Dayton. And even that game actually got moved a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It was, you know, completely cancellations, changing teams, opponents, uh, locations. It was, it was crazy, but, you know, thankfully, you know, I think coach talked about this a lot during the season, you know, we had a, a veteran group of guys, a veteran core group of guys that were able to, to turn the page quickly on, you know, opponents and mm-hmm. you know, be disappointed and getting, you know, just moving on to the next game really. So I, I think that was a, a huge part of it, you know, and having, you know, those core four or five guys, you know, that were able to, there were veteran guys and able to move on and able to, to get the team in general to move on. And, you know, thankfully we had, you know, a lot of support from the administration, um, you know, a lot of support within the staff, you know, a lot, a lot of us have been working together for a while, you know, Kern, Schmidt and I specifically, and, you know, Sean's been for a couple of years and, 
Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, I think that helped, you know, that kind of helped us get it through it. And, you know, obviously the other part is we were winning. So that, that helped too. give us some motivation, right. <laughs> you know, to keep, keep riding it out and thank God it all worked out and it made it even more worthwhile, you know, so it ended up being a special year. What was it like for the team in the first few weeks of the season when most of the A-10 was able to start, but we had to pause for COVID right at the, I wouldn't say the worst possible time, cause that would probably be VCU, but it wasn't yeah. a very good time to have the pause. What, yeah. what was it like for the team in those few weeks when they're getting ready for the season to start and all of a sudden we have to wait a few weeks? Yeah, there was there was definitely some frustration um, and a lot of unknowns. You know, I, I think at that point, you know, we didn't we didn't know a lot about the situation. You know, we were obviously getting good guidance from our, you know, our, our athletic training staff and medical staff, um, you know, of what was going to happen with, you know, who knew. I don't think we all knew if the season was going to even happen in general, you know, like who knew when the, the plug was, if, if the plug was ever going to be pulled on the season, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of stuff at that time going on still with, you know, rising cases and, you know, positives all over the country on teams. And, but it, yeah, I, th- I think our guys were frustrated, but at the same time, I go back to that, you know, being a veteran group, I think they just kind of trusted the process and, you know, trusted that we were trying, we were doing as best we can to get through it and, you know, sticking together. We were doing zooms, you know, all the time or, you know, couple times a week with the guys trying to stay active. We had coach Fist doing zooms, you know, you know, doing work workouts basically <laughs> yeah. over zoom. Um, you know, we're able to get guys in the gym and shoot. And, you know, we kind of, when we were able to start practicing again, you know, kind of kept it light and fun and kind of, you know, built it back up to, you know, full speed and, you know, just to get everybody excited again. I think, you know, I think everybody was excited to play basketball again, even though it wasn't, you know, games just to be able to, you know, play against each other and shoot and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think there was definitely some frustration of, you know, I think you guys probably know we were probably one of the last teams to play a game. I would assume it was, I don't yeah. know what the number was, but it was what had to be, you know, not too many teams that didn't play a game before us. Um, I think it was like us, Fordham, and DePaul. Were yeah, like the that, last, through the that last. That sounds right. That sounds right. We had yeah. The pause, but then we had that St. Francis game that you mentioned that yep. also got canceled. Yeah. So it, it was kind of surreal, you know, going through it and, you know, just kind of tr- trying to stay positive as best you could, you know, and, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully thinking there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's going to come sooner or later. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you never want to have to go through something like that, but it, maybe it was the best time to get it. Cause since we didn't have to, you know, have an interruption during the season, you know, after mm-hmm. in terms of stops and starts, you know, you, you saw what happened to some other teams that had to stop and start a couple of times or even once for a long pause during the season. And they just weren't the same anymore. So, and maybe, maybe it happened at the right time for us. And, you know, the weight was worth it. You know, I, I guess you probably could say that because it ended up working out in terms of the, the winning and, and all the championships and stuff. But it was it was it was interesting for a while there to to start the year. That's yeah. true. You mentioned Coach Fisk on Zoom and that just <laughs> had me think, were there any situations, whether it was, you know, whoever it was associated with the team, were there any cat lawyer situations on Zoom where, you know, somebody didn't know how to use Zoom, they had the cat filter stuck on or was, it, was, was Schmidt? Did Schmidt accidentally think he was on mute when, or think he wasn't on mute when he was on mute or something? Or I mean, believe it or not, it, you know, I think a lot of people know Coach Schmidt, who listened to this podcast and just being around the area. He he became technically savvy with Zoom as much as he could pretty quickly, just because he had no choice. You know, I mean, he had a lot of help from myself and you know his kids and his wife. But um, there was no, I don't remember any of those kind of situations. Um, I think there's some situations where people were talking a lot and they were on mute. So you couldn't hear what they were saying, obviously, but uh, <laughs> nothing too funny. I don't think, but um, people got used to it pretty quick. You know, it was just kind of 
that's what we had to do. That was the new way of life and the new normal. So um, I'll have to think about that. Maybe the next time I come on, I'll try to rack my brain about some of those, <laughs> some crazy situation that happened on Zoom. Yeah. Everyone had issues. I'm sure there was something. Yeah. But it was pro- hopefully it was minor. Hopefully there's been certainly some worse ones that we've mentioned on the pod before. But 100% <laughs> anyways. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> I remember that St. Francis game for whatever reason was the one where I was just like, we're finally going to play. And then when the news hit, I think we might have like warmed up and stuff. And that was was the one that was just, that left me like in the fetal position. (laughs) I swear it was 90 minutes. It was, you probably maybe knew a little bit earlier, but we found out like publicly like 90 minutes before it happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're right. I mean, that that was was supposed to happen. That was, you know, Again, I, I don't want to be too crazy with it just because, you know, people lost their lives and all that kind of stuff. You know, we're very sick over this. But that was, I think, gut-wrenching for our guys. You know, like we finally thought, you know, we had got over our situations, you know, started to build up with practices. You know, do more, you know, I think we started off like 15 minutes, then it's 30 minutes, and there's this whole protocol you had to follow, you know, 45 minutes an hour. So, we're you know, we're building up to that game. You know, we're ready to play that game. And then, um, you know, yeah, both teams were in the building. Both teams were on the court warming up. Um, you know, they at that point there was a testing protocol for the visiting team, and you know something obviously popped up. And you know, I remember sitting in my office, like you know, shoot, probably you know a couple hours before the game. Like I said, guys are warming up, and everyone's in the building. Staffing's here, you know, in our trainer calls, and I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh... I, I I knew what was going to happen or what was, you know, what was going to happen once I picked up the phone. And you know, I was hoping it wasn't that, but, you know, got the call and, you know, coach Schmidt isn't even here yet. You know, he's, you know, he goes home <laughs> in between, you know, shoot around and stuff in the game. And so I call him and he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's driving, he's literally driving to the arena, you know, from being home or whatever he's doing and, you know, break the news to him. And I think it started to people, you know, our guys started to find out. So we, you know, I send a manager down and kind of tell him, you know, everyone needs to go in the hall of fame room. We're about to have a meeting. And I think, you know, they're starting to find out and, you know, coach speaks, our trainer speaks and, you know, some administrators speak and you can just see it on their faces and it's, it's disappointment, you know, you know, I, I think they kind of understood though, there was, there was going to be a lot of unknowns going forward and probably stuff like this was going to happen. And we tried to, as best we could kind of, you know, prepare them for what was coming just because I think we all knew that, this kind of stuff could happen and it probably wouldn't be the last time it was going to happen. And, you know, obviously we saw it wasn't. So it was, yeah, it was disappointing. And I think, you know, even, you know, going forward, like, I don't think we ever, you weren't exactly sure the game was going to happen until the ball was tipped. You know, like we, Mm -hmm. both teams were in the arena and a game didn't happen. Like, you know, we were called like, as we were about to travel game, game gets canceled. And luckily we didn't get to a venue and a game was canceled, you know, you know, vice versa from the, the St. Francis situation, but I know a lot of other teams that happened to, um, but yeah, you just kind of had to stay in your toes and, you know, kind of don't, ex- don't expect that the game to happen until the ball's tipped. And once the game's going, hopefully that you can, you can finish it. But um, it was, it was interesting. It's the best way I can describe the whole season. It was, you never knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Like in the, in the grand scheme of things, like the, a game against St. Francis yeah. isn't, isn't like, sure. you know, it's not, it's not, obviously what everyone else was going through, but I mean, St. Bonaventure basketball is so many, it's our connection to the school. It's such an escape from what was the reality uh, and and what was going on in the world. So, I mean, it was a little bit more, but in the, like you said, it's, 
you know, people are truly struggling. And I wanted to ask you, you also mentioned the Dayton game. Like, was there ever a discussion about not playing that game? Because I think it was that morning, unfortunately, we got the news that Dr. DePiro passed away from complications with COVID and pneumonia. Like, was there ever a discussion? And and if you don't want to get into it, that's fine too. But I was curious if, if we thought maybe like we shouldn't play this today or if it was always kind of, you know what, we're going to do this for him. We, you know, we've, we've come this far and, and gotten through, you know, so many obstacles. We have to do this for, for him today. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a tough day, you know, for everybody, obviously, you know, for, you know, the university, university community alums, you know, everybody involved with this place, his family, number one, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, his, his friends and family. Um, yeah. Not, not to get too deep into the discussions, but yeah, I mean, there, there definitely was, talk of not playing um you know it, it went to the highest level obviously um you know we we wanted to do what was best at the time we were we were open to to playing not playing you know as a as a, as a team as a program as a staff you know um, we kind of took our cue from you know the up the administration and what we thought his family would want to happen i mean i think at that point we had already clinched the a10 too so there was, there was even mm-hmm. discussion of do we not you know, we had plans to kind of celebrate the the championship after the game, um, and talked about that as well. Um, but yeah, it was a it, it was a tough situation. Um, you know, it, it eventually, obviously, the decision was made to play. You know, to honor Dr. DePiro. Um, you know, we we worked with Sports Soccer to get those patches on day of. You know, credit Sports Soccer and the Palombos. You know, they helped us out a ton with that game, getting those patches on, which was very important. You know, making sure. Uh, warm-up shirts for the guys, which was very important to honor Dr. DePiro. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that the plan was made at the highest levels to, to go forward with the game. You know, we we talked to Dayton about doing the, the moment of silence before, and, you know, we, we just wanted to do that to, to honor him and, and, you know, be delicate with it and do everything we possibly could, you know, to to make it, you know, as to, to honor to honor his life and honor what he did for this place. Obviously, he was a made a huge impact for this university and did a lot of good things. And it was, it was a great man. Um, but yeah, so there, there was a lot of a talk. There's a lot of talk that morning of, you know, what to do that later that night. I think you all handle that situation just about as well as you can. Cause I don't want to, I, I feel weird saying it's one of my favorite pictures of the season. Cause it wasn't a happy picture, but that picture of, uh, of Jaron putting down some flowers at the table yeah. behind one of the baskets with Dr. Yeah. Perro's picture was, Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of the lasting memories for better and unfortunately for worse of of this past season. Yeah, you know, I just got that magazine as you guys did too um, a couple weeks ago, and I actually talked. Jaron called me a couple weeks ago and I asked him if he saw it, and he, I think one of our, I think Coach Kern uh, sent him a copy, sent his mother a copy, and I just told him that's that's a powerful picture, as you kind of just said, it really is. And you know, Jaron is a, as you guys know, he, he's a one of a kind kid. He, he's a tremendous kid, you know, and he, you know, he did that on his own. He, he, he understood the situation and he, he's just a great human being as his mother Gia, is a, is a great lady and raised in the right way. And, um, you know, that was, that was all Jaron, you know, that was, he did that in his own. And, um, that's, that's a very powerful picture. Like, as you said, yeah, that's, that's extremely powerful. With all the emotions behind that day, they were able to rally together and go down to Richmond and then go out to Dayton, as we all know, win the A-10 title, what yeah. was going through that situation like? Because we're used to A-10s being in Brooklyn or D.C. or Pittsburgh, central location, all done in like four or five days. But it was all spread out, no fans, then until 
you know, unfurled and I were able to go to Dayton for the final, fortunately. <laughs> you guys were there? Good. We That's were awesome. there. Yeah, we yeah, were some yeah. of the 3,000 some odd that were there. Awesome. But what was what was all that like? Yeah, it was uh, definitely different, you know, you know, being on campus, obviously no fans, you know, we, I guess kind of got used to that throughout the year, you know, or the players got used to that. I mean, you know, they're the ones dealing with it, you know, the most, obviously, uh, during games and it affects them the most. But, um, yeah, you know, the A-10 got out in front of it as best they could, made a decision to, that it was probably best to host it on campus. And I think a couple of schools put bids out um, in terms of, you know, the first couple of rounds. We were um, making a push for Olean. Yeah. Or, or, sorry, sorry for, for St. Bonaventure. Yeah, for, I think I saw that. Yeah, I think I heard you guys talk about it or tweet about it. Um, we made our own uh, our tourism spot ad. There you yep. go. Yeah, I think you made some good points in there. Yeah, you, <laughs> we appreciate the pitch. Yeah, we appreciate the pitch. Um, but, yeah, you know, like I said, they did the best to get out in front of it. They made a decision to bring it to Richmond, you know, the combination of the two schools, which you know I think thought made sense, you know, with, you know, spreading the games out, social distancing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. sanitizing, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there was protocols about being tested, you know, so, you know, there's a tight one. Well, actually, I think we had to test every day for, you know, two weeks or a week or something like that. And, um, you know, we were able to get there pretty easy via charter. Um, it, the, you know, the biggest difference with that was just the, the gap between the, the two games and then the, the, the championship. That was the weird thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we knew what to expect. You know, we felt we like we, we had pretty good momentum, you know, after that, you know, the, the Duquesne game and then the St. Louis, obviously, definitely after the St. Louis game after the, how that went. Um, I, you know, that's always a tough matchup for us, but our guys were obviously in the zone and played there, played tremendously. Um, so we, we didn't know what to expect after, you know, coming off a couple of good games and then having to wait a week and, you know, how much do we practice? You know, you don't want to go overboard. Um, you know, so luckily, you know, got through that week and went to Dayton a couple of days early. It was great to have you guys in the stands and everybody else, you know, it, I don't even know what the final number was for attendance, but it, it was, it felt like there was a ton of people in there with all our support. And obviously I think, we took over the places bottom entry usually does. Um, but, um, and even after that, you know, we, we had thought we had a pretty good, you know, idea that, you know, regardless of the outcome, we were going to go right to Indy, but obviously, you know, sealing the deal and not having to worry and go through that, you know, that, uh, that agonizing hour of selection Sunday as we did before or shoot all hour been all day, I guess, if, you know, if that outcome didn't go in our favor. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just kind of surreal. You know, it was nonstop from, you know, kind of, I mean, really the whole year, but those couple of weeks, you know, just testing and protocols and, you know, Zooms and meetings, getting ready for it. Um, and it wasn't just, you know, me or, the, you know, our direct staff. There's a lot of administrative support. Uh, the training staff was unbelievable. Our managers, our, our players, you know, just, you know, help doing everything they had to do and following protocols. And it was, it was a tough year for, the, for those guys. I don't know if they get enough credit for it, you know you know, they couldn't act like the normal college student, you know, as, as, Mm. you know, as there was no normal for any college student or any, any person, I guess, but, you know, Mm. they had strict protocols to follow and, you know, they, they did the, I think they did a great job with it and, you know, sacrificed a lot to, to, um, you know, for the betterment of the team and to get through the season. And they they deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, But yeah, it was, it was just kind of surreal. You know, we won a Dayton, went straight to the hotel, like, you know, had the celebration stuff, hotel, had, had some food, watched the selection show, and then literally got in a bus to go right to Indy. And then you're in quarantine for two days and, you know, in Indy for, you know, for a while, you know, getting quarantined and getting used to that setup. And, 
it was, uh, I know I kind of rambled on. I don't even remember what your original question was, but just, it was kind of surreal and to kind of go through all that. And, and like I said earlier, thank God, you know, we were winning and, you know, it, I think it made it, it made it that much more worthwhile and, you know, motivation to, to, you know, to kind of make the sacrifices and go through it. And it was just a really cool experience. And again, it was, it was different. Hopefully it doesn't have to be anything like that again, but it was kind of cool to be a part of a, a different type experience. And it was, it was at that time. I remember like, obviously we punch our ticket. Like you said, we don't have to sweat out selection Sunday, but as was the, the 2020, 21 season, like you can't go a day without, worrying about something i remember even after we punched our ticket we cut down the nets we're in indianapolis getting ready for the tournament i'm scrolling through twitter and i see that the ref that um refereed the a10 championship tested positive for COVID. <laughs> yeah. and i mean the the existential dread that must have went across <laughs> the entire bona fan base sure. that night was just it like was that ever a worry for you guys or because you had such a big outbreak in November, were you like not too worried about it or like did, did the A-10 guide you guys or did anyone else give you any like information on this? Like how did that affect you guys, if at all? Yeah. Um, there, there was definitely a lot of internal concern for sure. Um, you know, we, we did have, you know, the outbreak, early, but I think at that point we were, you know, at, at that point, the CDC was, you know, recommending 90 day, you don't have to be, if you had it, you didn't have to get tested for 90 days, you know, so we were outside of that window. I think, I think everybody on the, okay. excuse me, the program was outside that 90 window. So, hmm. you know, theoretically we could have, you know, someone could have popped again or someone could have had a situation again. Yeah. Like VCU in the, in the first round. You know? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there, there was concern. I mean, I, I don't remember a lot of the you know, what the A-10 had said at that point, what the, you know, what the direction from them was at that point, but we had the, there was strict protocol. So we were being tested every day anyway. So if something were to happen, we would have found out, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think we were all pretty nervous about it. Absolutely. Um, luckily never, nothing happened, but you know, I'm, I'm a huge Bills fan and, you know, obviously a bottom inch guy. So yeah, you're always thinking the worst, you know, <laughs> <Something's> <laughs> yeah, <gonna happen>. same. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. Usually every, I'm a Bills fan too. And usually I'm like, the Bills by November are out of playoff contention, and it's the Bonnies that are like yeah. saving my fanhood from <laughs> the Bills. But last year, it was the Bills carrying me through like what seemed like months before the the basketball season. Absolutely, started. absolutely. That was, that was me too. You know, they were they were winning games, and it, it helped us get through that. You know, the <laughs> the stuff that was going on here, and you know, it was a good year for everybody. You know, and I know we're partners with them too with the Pagula stuff, so it's it was a yeah. good year for the. Uh, for the programs. And so what was the NCAA bubble like? Because I know if we had gone to Lucas oil stadium or somewhere where there were way more fans, yeah, I know unfurled and I probably would have been there for the LSU <coughs> game. I guess it's, I guess I'm not too heartbroken. I didn't miss that one, unfortunately, yeah. but yeah. Um, what was the bubble like? Because compared to when we were in the tournament in 2012 and 2018, it was obviously an entirely different place. It was an entirely different setup. Yeah. I mean, totally, totally different, you know, couldn't have been any different. Um, it, it was like, I kind of said earlier, you know, hopefully it, it doesn't ever has to have it. They never have to host a term like that again, but it, it was kind of cool to be a part of it, you know? Um, and obviously, you know, wish the reasons why you're a part of it, you know, why it was like that, but, um, it was, they did a really good job. You know, it was a, a t- massive total 
operation and undertaken by the NCAA. I think they did as a good a job as they could. Um, you know, you, you get there. So we got there. What was the championship Sunday, obviously. Right. So we got there Sunday night and you know, got tested right away. You know, had to go, everyone had their own rooms. You had to quarantine in your rooms until you, I think had two negative tests. You know, there was, there was a delay in getting the results. So we had to stay in our rooms for like, I think a day and a half, almost two days. And again, you know, we're, we're in a nice hotel and we're getting food delivered to us. So it's not like it's, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it's anything too taxing, to be honest with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't, you know, we're not in prison or anything, but, um, you know, so, you know, all the hotels were connected to this, to this massive convention center in Indianapolis. You had, they had these huge exhibit halls where, you know, courts are set up and, you know, some of the courts are from like some of these early season MTEs that you see, like the, CBS Sports Classic, like that Fort Myers Classic, they're like the actual courts from those tournaments. And there's, huh? There's, yeah, cool. it was kind of cool actually. Yeah, one. I think we practiced in the CBS one the one day. Um, <laughs> Didn't St. Joe's neat. play on that with Gonzaga? And- they did. Yeah, that was yeah, the, that the one was- in Florida. Yeah, who well, I know those organizers pretty well, so I was sending pictures and joking around with him. Um, <laughs> but cool. uh, so yeah, so they had shoot. 12 practice courts set up. They had these big time weight rooms set up. You know, I'm sure you guys saw pictures on social media. Um, you know, they had, we had our own two meeting rooms. Each team had, you know, each big, these meeting rooms. Well, our, we, you know, we had a decent sized meeting room, but then you go down the hall and Gonzaga's got this like three football field size meeting room with like a basketball court set up in their meeting room, which is kind of cool. I think Gonzaga <laughs> and Baylor were like right down the hall from us. Wow. Um, wow. But yeah, so then, you know, you're in there and then you don't leave, you know, we didn't, we were in there for, I think a week, you know, or right around a week, maybe a little bit more even. And you know, we got there Sunday and I don't think we played. Yeah. So right around a week, we didn't play till the following Saturday. You know, the only time we left was we got one practice at Indiana, like a couple of days before the game. Um, and yeah, like you said, it would have been cool to play at a bigger venue, you know, where, where more fans were, were allowed in, but um, it was, it was cool to play in a, an iconic venue, like, or could have yeah, you know, I didn't play obviously, but being in a, in a venue like that and never been there, and the guys are pretty excited about it. It was it was a pretty neat place. You know, got a little bit of a tour of it, the locker room and their you know their performance center and stuff. So it was kind of cool. A little bit uh, of but, a homecoming for Jalen Attaway too. In yeah, Indiana. yeah, he had a bunch of family at the game, so it was great for Jalen. You know, to have his his grandparents and um, a bunch of family at the game for him, and you know, we still had a bunch of support, a lot of ton of Bonaventure people. You know, I, I know the tick, I think we only had like. 500 tickets or so, or maybe it's a little bit more than that. And they were all, we, we used them all of all bottom of people that a bunch that traveled down uh, or traveled over to the game. But in terms of like your, your days are all structured. Like the NCA assigned practice times, the NCA assigned weightlifting times, you know, we could, you know, do the meal. We were able to do meal times on our own and meeting times and stuff. because we had the dedicated space, but you know, they're giving you the practice time. You, you know, we all meet together. We all walk together as a team to the convention center and, which is all, you know, everything's within a five, 10 minute walk. And it was kind of cool. You know, you had, you had media in there, you know, Rothstein's in there, some other, you know, oh. and cats. And I know you guys are, <laughs> are uh, <laughs> big uh, fans of the, the, the media covering us. Um, but no, yeah, it was they, Rothstein. They, although, it Andy was like, Kat, although Andy yeah. Katz blocked me and not Rothstein. Did he? Okay. We'll, we won't get into that. <laughs> Fair enough. And it was cool too. Cause like you're seeing like, you know, there's, you know, a bunch of other teams in our hotel and there's everybody in the convention center. So it's kind of like a, you know, as the guy, our guys explain like an AU tournament, you know, you're running into people, you know, guys are running the friends on other teams, you know, we're running into other, you know, uh, colleagues from different staffs and friends from different staffs. So, you know, you're masked up, but you, you know, everyone's going through the same testing protocol and isn't leaving. So you're allowed to kind of, you know, talk to them and kind of, you know, hang out a little bit, but 
Um, it, it was a, it was a massive undertaking. The hotels did a great job. The foods we were, they had like a, like a, a courier service, a delivery service. So we could order food from outside and get it, you know, vetted and brought in to their, to the hotel. And it was, it was, it was a massive, everything you, almost everything you could think of. They kind of, there was a, uh, an outdoor minor league baseball stadium that you could go outside and walk around just so you can get some fresh air and stuff. You know, there was, there was a huge bracket on the, the one of the other oh, hotels yeah. so you can go on a parking garage and take it. Yeah. I think you saw that the team photos and stuff. And, you know, they, they did a, you know, as good a job as they could have done, I think, to the NCAA, that is, to, to pull us off. Yeah. And like I said, it was – hopefully it's never like that again, but it was cool to, you know, to be a part of a hopefully a one-time thing. And it was kind of neat to have all the teams around and you're seeing everybody. And it was it was interesting and, and kind of cool to be a part of. My, my um, one friend who went said that after driving from Indianapolis to Bloomington, he never <laughs> wants to hear anyone say that Olean is in the middle of nowhere. Ever yes, again. <laughs> that's – I can co-sign that. Yes. <laughs> Only gets a bad rap, man. And the problem is none of the people who talk garbage about it have ever been here. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, you know, this place has been home for me for a long time now. So I got right. nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah. And hopefully it doesn't happen next year because we have potential NCAA games in not only Buffalo, but also Pittsburgh yeah. nearby, which would be very, mm-hmm. very good for us. So yeah. like getting into this season obviously this is not the same as the 2019 off season before covid but how has this year been a little i don't want to say easier because i don't i don't know how it's going but like how has it been different from what everybody had to face in 2020 in that off season yeah yeah one last thing about last year too like we had the great year and you know it was unbelievable and you obviously everyone got to watch it and experience a little bit in person with the dayton game and the ncaa tournament but that, that was the only thing that you know everyone as a program and, you know, the university administration, you know, that that's obviously the one thing that we felt terrible for was we couldn't experience it with, you know, you guys in person and the fans in person. Um, just, just think about, and I think I've seen you guys tweet about it even personally, like that VCU game at home, you know, oh, if yeah. we, this place was packed, you know, that would have been, you know, oh, beyond insane. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this put the roof would have literally blown off yeah. this place. Um, you know, stuff like that, you know, a lot of those games and it just, even the road games, you know, you, you enjoy going like Fordham. You always enjoy going to Fordham with all those, we take over that gym, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Wait, I think you said road games. That's, a, that's <laughs> yeah, a whole right. Game. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's probably didn't say that right. Um, but yeah, that, that was the, obviously the, the biggest thing that just sucked. We couldn't experience it with you guys, but, um, but yeah, back to, you know, going into this year. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely not normal. I mean, it's, but you know, we're kind of, we've kind of prepared to, you know, from a scheduling standpoint, from, you know, fans and, you know, everything else kind of have approached it as of now, you know, stuff changes all the time, as you know, but they've kind of planned as, you know, the new normal for now, where we're going to have fans back and, you know, we're going to travel places and, you know, not have to, to, well, the testing part is still unknown, I guess, and masking is still unknown, but we've, we've kind of, we're kind of building towards to have somewhat more of a normal season than last year. Yeah. As normal as it can be. Um, so yeah, they're hopefully they won't have to rebuild the schedule or, you know, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, it's closer to back to 2019, the pre-COVID as close as it can be, I guess. Yeah. And, and looking at the schedule based on what I have, and one of these is 
assumed based on what we've heard, all the rumors with UConn. I don't know how much you can um, get into that at this point. Um, I, I did hear Schmidt said something about that. It was happening at a, at the golf event. Um, I've heard from other people that it's happening at Prudential Center, but um, even without that, two games it looks like to fill with it, one game to fill, um, looks like the toughest, probably the best overall schedule that I can remember us having out of conference, which you know you would expect with the team we have, yeah. hopefully a top 25 team. Um, so as far as like, I mean, we know um, – the usual Siena Canisius, Buffalo, the Charleston Classic, Virginia Tech, a great game. Um, then a couple home games with, you know, CSU, Loyola. Can you get into what the last game might look like without saying like who it is? Is does it look like an away game, a home game? What type of conference are we looking at? By game, yeah. home and home. Yeah. Yeah, and to uh to pump you up a little bit, you do a great job with uh, your tracking of the schedule and your graphics. Uh, Thanks. Your graphics overall, but your your scheduling graphics are, are top notch too. Um, so appreciate. I still got, I still got his schedule from last year as my background <laughs> on my laptop. Yeah, even though, that. like, even though, like, a third of these games didn't yeah, actually that's a happen, and like, big time waste of time. Out, right? Yeah, <laughs> we both waste a lot of time. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah, you know, in terms of the the, the first one you mentioned, I, I would. Uh, you know, coach did talk about it, and I would definitely expect to see an old, an old friend um, in Jersey, mm. um, an nice. old eight-time friend in Jersey yeah. um, in December. <laughs> um, but uh, but stay okay. tuned to what exactly that is. All right. Um, in, in terms of uh, what else, um, to be honest, and this may be breaking some news too. I mean, not that it's anything crazy, but we uh, we may stop with where we're at. To be honest with you. Um, we're weighing the trying to the best way to put this rather than we're weighing whether we should cram a game in where it may put us at a potential disadvantage for a future game, right? You know, yeah, a next subsequent game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're, we we may stop with what we're at once that okay. final announcement comes out. We were talking about this actually, like yeah. because I was I said you know maybe it's the last week in December, but then um, all the A10 schools, yeah, all the A10 schools who have released their schedules for non conference, they all end before Christmas. So I'm feeling yeah. like I, I mean you, I don't know if you would know because it's probably more of an A10 thing, but it seems like A10 play is going to either start around the 28th or the 29th, or what could be really cool is starting it on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to start that last week of December. Yeah, I can, okay. I can tell you. Yeah, um, so it usually that's, does. That's not a surprise. That yeah. is what we were we were talking about because I was like, man, if if that does happen in New Jersey, cramming one in between maybe two other top twenty five teams when yeah. those two games are on the on the road, so to speak, is tough. But I mean, yeah. if you guys got away with two games non league last year, I, I think. 12 would be yeah 12, 12 it, is fine too you know yeah and, and believe me we didn't you know just make this decision lightly you know we consulted with the a10 and we consulted with uh, a good friend of ours joe lenardi who hmm. who's a good friend of the program and, and yes. helps us out with some stuff um so i, I think that's the, re- the direction we're leaning um mm-hmm. yeah and to be honest I, I don't if we did add a game it probably wouldn't have been anything sexy so we kind of thought, well, why do it then? Where it only could be a potential, yeah. it could only potentially hurt you. 
Well, I think um, right, playing right, right. playing in Charleston gives you that extra game option, but you don't have to use it, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, you could. We could add another game, a thirteenth game, and that you know, and then as you said, you know, we're looking at the schedule, how it's built. You know, where where do you where do you put this game? You know, you, you could do it. You know, I'm not saying you couldn't do it, but you know, we don't want to throw one in after Canisius and before Charleston. That's a, a disaster, yeah, I think. Yeah. You, know, you, you don't want to – we like the week off coming off of three games in four days with Charleston and getting ready for a really tough Northern Iowa game. You know, we're going to have sure. to take a couple of days off, no practice, you know, after that tournament. And then, you know, I, I just don't think it puts us in a great position for Northern Iowa if we try to squeeze a game in there. You know, and then you're looking at – you know, say something happens, wink, wink, on December 11th. You know, you're going into finals, so you can't play there. And then yeah. you, yeah, you know, then you got Virginia Tech and Northeastern, which those are two two really hard games. You know, so it's so we're looking at it, and you know, hopefully this this decision doesn't come back to to haunt us. But you know, I don't think it will. You know, we with how we feel and the advice we got from, like I said, the couple people we talked to, we, we're pretty confident, and with what we already have on the schedule, that that's it's going to be enough to, to hopefully do what we need to do. You know, we obviously got to win games, but um, we're, we're confident with what we built that it's, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to put us in position at least to, mm-hmm. to, to get in at large bit. If you don't win the league as much as unfurled. And I want to see Gannon again, I think we're a vocal <laughs> minority in that one. <laughs> you guys have always been strong proponents of that. Yeah. Uh, who knows? There, it, can, it can happen again. Who knows? <laughs> is there going to be an exhibition game? Uh, there is. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's one we haven't, I guess I don't think we've announced that actually. Yeah, it's no, going to no. be. Um, why not break the news? Yeah, it's going to be our friends <laughs> down at, at Alfred. Um, Perfect. Ooh, okay. wow! Yeah. There we go. Exclusive. Yeah, we, it's big exclusive. Yeah, play some like music or whatever. It's, what do you that, that noise? Up you and play. post. Yeah, <laughs> Woj bomb. Yeah, the, the miners, the miners, Woj bombs you could have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing against Alfred. Let me put that out no. there too. But it, it'll be a fun game. It's gonna be a fun game. You know, Mike Schmidt's on the team. Uh, Casey Kern's on the team, you know, so a oh, couple, nice. oh, couple really? awesome connections cool. with our staff. Yeah, so that, that'll actually, you know, again, we can you know, have a little fun, but that'll be a special game for our staff, obviously, you know, because yeah. of that being said. You know, I know both Coach Kern and Coach Schmidt always, you know, Coach Schmidt's obviously, you know, every time we've played him, has had one of his kids, I think he had Derek and Mike on it, or Derek and Nick on it at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's always, and that's how we started it, honestly. So it's always been a, a special game for both, fam- or for that family. And then, you know, now the Kerns can, can uh, be involved in that too. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be good. My mind was so like Bana focused when I was looking at this calendar that I made with the schedule that I was like, well, why can't we play the 25th? And it took me a couple minutes to realize <laughs> that's actually Christmas day. Yeah. Um, so exactly. I, yeah, I love, I love that. Um, I was wondering maybe we just play 12 games better yeah. than shoehorning, yeah. one, shoehorning one in there when exactly. you know, it could, especially with travel bookending that, that, game that could have happened in the, exactly. in the Riley center um but that means no niagara for a second year in a row what did they want yeah. us to come into gallagher and we were just like we're not playing in a mac gym anymore or like um or yeah, was no, it just... I, I can tell you exactly what happened yeah it's you know i'm good friends with greg paulus right like i yeah. probably mentioned that on the show before on the, the last time mm-hmm. i was on you know he's actually spoke to him today <laughs> um, um <laughs> it um what happened was you know there was talk of a couple dates um, and one of the dates that was talked about, you know, never fully agreed upon between the two of us, but we got an opportunity to, to go to Charlotte, play Virginia tech. Okay. Um, uh, so we couldn't, we didn't feel like we could pass that opportunity up. Right. Um, 
you know, we told them they understood, obviously, you know, we're trying to build the schedule for, you know, like, as we just talked about, you know, to, to put ourselves in contention for an at-large bid. Um, they understood they were good, but unfortunately we just couldn't find a date to play. Um, it wasn't our intention not to play them. Um, honestly, we were um, fully committed to going to their place um, and playing them and we will play them again in the future. Um, you know, we haven't gotten that far into when exactly, but uh, yeah, just, just, it was a date thing, opportunity thing, Virginia tech thing that kind of was, you know, to, to play a top 25 team, a top, you know, quad one game on a neutral floor. It was just too good an opportunity to pass up and our administration was on board with it. You know, I know some people will probably be unhappy, you know, I, and I like playing them. I know you guys have your um, thoughts on the, that, those games or that game specifically, but you know, I enjoy playing them. You know, I think it's good for the history and I get why, why people don't want to play them, but I think we'll, we will definitely play them again in the future, in the near future. I think it's a good consolation to play a top 25 team potentially in Virginia Tech in a city down in the South that has a lot of Bono Huge. alums. Oh, yeah. yeah, Charlotte. I think that's great. that's a good trade off to have. And yeah. it's kind of near Christmas and these people got some yeah, time off. That was the thing, too. We were so excited. You just hit in the head. It was obviously the, the scheduling, the, you know, the, the quad one part was the number one thing. But to get down in Charlotte in front of those people, that's a home run. I think we'll have a huge following down there. Um, and Charleston. Charleston's not too far uh, from Charlotte I'll, either. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I've been – people – everyone I talk to, and probably the same with you guys, like everyone I talk to says they're going to Charleston. <laughs> yep. oh, <laughs> people yeah. People in Olean, you know, alums, boosters, friends yeah. – uh, people from the department who are not in the immediate travel party. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've had the organizers from Charleston tell me like we've sold the most advanced tickets of like any school in the event's history. You know, it's like, <laughs> and that's good. Cause Clemson, cause Clemson's oh. there too. And Clemson's, you know, it's not near Charleston, but it's in the same state. Yeah. Like they're fully expecting. And I've been prepping them for years on this, you know, like we are going to take Charleston over. Hopefully yes. you guys are there too. Um, but we yeah, are I'll be take, there. I have fully hundred percent, believe we are going to take over Charleston, you know, that, that we can yes, remember, 100%. which would be awesome. Oh, I think so. I think there's even like a Bana party cruise on that there is. Saturday. Yeah. It's like a yeah. sunset cruise. There is. Yeah. On that off day. Yeah. Our, uh, there's going to be, I think, there, I think, actually, I think the stuff's already out, but yeah, our, you know, development team and advancement guys and, and girls have done a, and ladies have done a awesome job of putting events together, pregame parties, that cruise thing you oh, just yeah. mentioned. And there's gonna be a lot of stuff. Yeah, that crew you know, sold out already. I think it did. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it sold, sold out, out pretty, pretty quickly. quickly. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there's going to be a lot of stuff to do for fans, a lot of gathering spots. And obviously, Charleston's an awesome city. I've uh, been there oh, a couple yeah, times is. personally. Um, Same. And then, you know, cool venue, intimate venue. So I think, you know, we'll pack it in. It'll be a good atmosphere mm-hmm. and obviously great competition. So, and on ESPN. So there's it's a <laughs> it's a win for everybody, I think. Were you happy with with the uh, draw we got? Boise State, then either Clemson or Temple, and then hopefully, like, hopefully it's a West Virginia maybe on Sunday. But were you happy with how that bracket shook out? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I am. I mean, I think Boise State's a really good team. Um, I think they return. Or I mean, I know they return everybody except the, the their top guy. Um, I think they have a transfer or two. Well coached, you know. Obviously, we played them in the past. Um, they're always up, you know, top two or three in that league that we fully expect it to be a quad two game at worst on a neutral floor. So I, I think that's a good game for us to start. Um, and then, you know, I mean, hopefully hopefully we win and get a chance to play either Clemson or Temple. You know, selfishly, hopefully it's – I mean, I, I think they're both going to have, have a good year. But, 
you know, hopefully it's another opportunity for quad one. And I, you know, I think that's kind of built for hopefully us to play West Virginia in the final. I mean, not to, not, not mm-hmm. to say that they, they did that, but, you know, just, I think with the preseason expectations going in, it kind of looks like that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it turned out and I, I don't think we could have gone wrong really. And with all the teams that are in there, a lot of quality programs that are going to give us a chance to get some couple quad one and quad two games and, you know, hopefully we can do our part in the court and, and get some wins out of it too. And I know last year we touched on this and you said going forward, you had it figured out to where we would split two home, two away with those New York state rivals. I'm talking yeah. about Siena, Canisius, SUNY Amherst and Niagara. <laughs> um, now, I mean, this year we're playing all three at home. Is that yeah. still something you guys are prioritizing going forward instead of having those three yeah. away next year? Yeah, it is. And it's, it, the pandemic screwed it up because we had it right. figured out. Right. <laughs> we had <Yeah>. it finally <laughs> two and two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is a priority. Um, it's going to take some more work now because it's obviously completely out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, we have sort of a tentative agreement with one of the schools to help get it done. I just need to kind of get one more school on board, but it is definitely a priority. You know, just it's, it's so much easier when you know you got two and two with those with those four program or three other programs, yeah. you know, from a balance standpoint. Um, so yeah, that is that's definitely a priority. And I think we're the, the pandemic did make it more difficult to to kind of figure it out. And you know, like I said, we did have it figured out finally, <laughs> um, but it got wiped out. And but I, I do think we'll get to the point where we're back to or where we are two and two, and that we'll have, we will have some balance because that's that's been important to me and, and important to to the administration to get that figured out. And one other thing, the the pandemic I've heard has wiped out. I, I obviously no uh, no official word yet, but from what I've heard, no Rochester game this year. Um, I don't know if that's COVID related or if that's even true, but that's that's just what I've heard. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's looking that way. It's trending that way. I guess is what I could say now. Um, I, I don't think any official statement or announcement has been put out there, but I, I, I don't believe this year we'll be playing a game there yet. Gotcha. But I, I do believe that we will be back there in the near future. Um, I think that can, that's a great market for us, obviously for, mm-hmm. for, for students, you know, potential students, you know, that's, you know, Buffalo and Rochester are huge for this university. Um, and, you know, we've, we've had good experiences there, had some great games there, obviously, you know, we, some classics, honestly. Oh yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't look like we'll be back next year. But I do think that we will be back there in the near future. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Get more people down into the Riley Center, which, by the way, had has a big renovation going on this summer. I don't know if it's still going on. I think it finished up recently, right? Um, it is still in progress, actually. Okay. Yeah, still in progress. But yeah, they've. So what's they've, it going to look like in the Riley? Since some of us will have not been there in almost two years by the time the season tips off. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's stuff that. Well, actually, it's a little bit of both. You know, the, you will notice uh, some new lighting. There'll be a new sound system. Um, there will be air condition, <laughs> and then uh, you know they're doing some other stuff too that wouldn't be that no one would even notice. You know, a new roof and stuff like that. Um, so it's not going to look a ton different. You know, obviously the lighting, the sound will help. It will be a good for the fan experience and new Wi-Fi too, right? New Wi-Fi, yeah. So that will be good for the the fan experience as well. Obviously, you know, it can follow other games at the same time and. You no know, fantasy stuff. Yeah, not that you'd want to. <laughs> There's um, only one event going on. But yeah, we're, we're excited to get back in there. You know, we haven't been in there for you know the whole summer, and 
you know, the university put a huge commitment that we're thankful for. And I think, you know, that will, that will really help the fan experience and, you know, help us as a program. And um, we're looking forward to get back in there. And, you know, that, to your point too, the Rochester thing, I think, you know, especially after last year, um, you know, we, we do want to play as many games as we can in, in our building. So um, I think that's also part of the, the reason to, to postpone the, the Rochester thing. Any idea when the schedule might be out? I think like I saw today, not even, or maybe just over like a quarter of the teams have, we're approaching like a hundred teams that have put it out. So yeah. um, not even halfway, but any idea when we might have the, the final non-league schedule? Yeah, soon. Uh, very soon. We're just waiting on a couple contracts. Um, but I, you're talking non-conference, right? Yeah. 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 Just waiting on a couple contracts. I mean, just go to SBU Unfurled's graphic and you could probably see it done. <laughs> um, but uh, It's like 85% yeah. done. And, yeah. in the, and the holes, we kind of know what the holes yes. are. <laughs> so, so, yeah, right. we've got a couple contracts and they're all but done. Um, but yeah, we should you should be hearing something official here soon. And Does, and, uh, does the A-10 tell you when the, their schedule's done too? Yeah, you know, it's usually late August, early September. I mean, I haven't heard anything about it lately. And I know they're the last time I had any conversation with them, they're playing around with different models still. And there's, I don't, I don't envy the guy who has to make that schedule. You know, there's staff that does that. And there's, you know, so many variables with buildings and, you know, men's and women's basketball commitments, you know, outside mm-hmm. venues or outside concerts and stuff coming in certain buildings and dark dates for buildings, exams, you know, there's all kinds of stuff they got to deal with. So, um, you know, keeping all these teams happy, which is impossible, you know, 14 different schools, you know, everyone's got their own agenda. Um, but yeah, I would assume, assume in the next couple of weeks we'll get that and we'll get a draft of it and, you know, it'll become public. I would assume after Labor Day, probably that's what generally what it is. Yeah. I think that's what it was in 2019. Cause I won't yeah. count last year. Cause last year was, was nonsense. Some of us just might be p- planning a nice little trip to uh Tom goal arena. So that's there why you go. And then we get, you know, <laughs> I'm not kidding about that either. <laughs> I might be able to go. We'd love to have you. Yeah. Let me know if you need tickets. <laughs> Let me know. And that's we got that's another tough slate in the A Town. You know, VCU twice, Richmond twice, St. Louis twice. Yeah. One other thing I was gonna touch on too, um, Trey Woodall. There's a shakeup on the staff. Trey mm-hmm. Woodall left um to go to Fordham. I loved Woodall from my interactions with him, but yeah, um the replacement, Chris Lowe, seems like uh, a similar type of hire in the sense that I, from what I've read, he's a relationship guy, younger guard oriented from New York, New Jersey, like Woodall, um, which helps with recruiting. Have you met him yet? Do you think he'll, uh, he'll step right in and, and, and fit in with this staff? Yeah. Yeah. You know, first with Trey, you know, great guy, you know, he'll be mm-hmm. missed. Um, you know, I, I was awesome for us, you know, awesome part of the program for the last couple of years, you know, had a great relationship with our guys, you know, he was in charge of the guards and, you know, it built a great rapport with not just the guards, but everyone, you know, within the program, player, staff, administration, you know, he, he definitely will be missed, you know, happy for him and his family that he, he was able to get a, you know, another opportunity closer to home. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he'll definitely be a loss and be missed. And I, you know, I'm with you, you know, I remember him watching him play at Pitt and stuff, you know, so it was cool to have him, you know, with us last couple of years. Um, but yeah, Chris Lowe, um, he's actually started this week. So yeah, I, you know, met him on his interview and met him or been around him the last couple of days. Uh, really good dude. Um, big time player at UMass. I think he's still, I think he's in the UMass and A10 record books for assists and stuff. I, I think he's at the top actually, or close to the top, if not. Um, 
yeah, humble guy, you know, work, you know, his work for everything he's gotten, you know, knows the league, obviously, from his playing days. You know, he was at St. Louis for a couple of years at, with Coach Ford, you know, has been a part of, you know, winning with them, you know, played professionally for a long time. Um, so I, I think he'll he'll fit in perfectly with us, you know, like, we'll, we'll, you know, like like everybody here. And at the bottom, it's you're, you know, not afraid to work and grind and, you know, will be will be great for our guys. So work with the guards, you know, and, you know, do a lot of recruiting stuff and scouting stuff. And, you know, I think he'll step right in and, and be have an easy transition with us and and fit right in. Yeah, have, we're, we're really excited that, you know, we were able to that Coach Schmidt was able to get him and bring him to the staff and really looking forward to working for him with him. And I'm sure you guys will get a chance to meet him and, you know, he'll be around in town. And, yeah, he'll be really excited to have him on board. Awesome. Really excited to have him on board. Yeah, yeah. That was I just continue to be amazed with the job that the staff does um, and, and even piggybacking off of just the staff hirings. But this recruiting class that we got in uh, with, with all of our bench players leaving, but then the eight guys that we were able to get commitments from, uh, just just an incredible job. Uh, I, I don't know who will crack Schmidt's rotation. I don't know if you have any insight into who has looked good so far. Um, but you know, b- before we wrap this up, any, any guys that might surprise, um, the Bonna fan base, uh, freshmen coming in transfers, who, who are you looking at as a couple guys that are really going to, going to step up and, and give this starting five some, some support this year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, as you said, our staff does this and it's not me cause I don't recruit, you know, it's coach Schmidt and coach Kern, obviously been here for a long time now and. They, they know what they're doing. Coach Neal has been an, a great addition to the staff a couple years ago and couldn't have, you know, come in right away and got, you know, started working right away and getting guys and, you know, mentoring guys and doing all that kind of stuff. He was a, another awesome get for us, and we're lucky to have him. And another guy who knew the league really well. I think that's been that's been good, too, you know, getting guys who have experience in the A-10, whether playing and coaching or both, you know, actually, you know, Coach Neal and um, – Chris Lowe both played and coached in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so those guys do an unbelievable job finding talent, um, developing talent too on top of that, but finding talent, first of all, knowing what kind of guys that'd be good for us. You know, coach always says that, you know, finding guys who have a ceiling to get better and want to work. You know, I think that's basically been every guy we've gotten, you know, who they, they earmark guys who, who they think they can get better and who aren't afraid, afraid to put the time in, you know, all these guys are self-made guys you know, in terms of the players who come through this program. Um, you know, because, you know, for the most part, other than a few, they were, we were the highest level that recruited them. You know, it's not always the case, but I'd say 90% of the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a credit to the staff for, for, for finding these guys and develop relationships with these guys and helping them develop, but also obviously even a bigger credit to the, to the, the players, the former players and the current players for, for working. I mean, these guys in the gym all the time, you know, it's not, it's such a cliche, but like they're really in the gym all the time working. They want to get better. They, you know, they've, they've got a taste of winning. You know, we've thankfully we've been consistent over the years, probably the most consistent team in the league really, which is a crazy. If you, who would ever thought about that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and it's a credit to, you know, player development and recruiting and, you know, these, these players willing to work and want to work and getting better. And, you know, I, all, all my, my hats off to them. I couldn't give them my higher compliment. I don't think. Um, but um yeah, it's yeah. a it's a program like from from yeah. top to bottom. It's a pro. It's not the the patchwork, the revolving no. door of recruits that we see at other A ten schools. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a program. 
and that's what, you know, coach talks about all the time, not to, to steal his thunder, but like he, that's, I think what we're, we're most proud of, you know, the consistency It's we're not, we sell us to our recruits all the time and we're recruiting them, you know, doing zooms and zooms lately, but when they're on campus, you know, we have these PowerPoints and stuff. It's like, we're not a one hit wonder, you know, we're, we've been consistent mm-hmm. for, since 2012, you know, a couple of years after coach Schmidt got the job, you know, I think we have the second or third most wins in the league since 2012, which is crazy. <laughs> you know, yeah, I would have never thought that, you know, that's, that's a testament to everybody, you know, the staff, the players, the administration, you know, the, from athletics and university standpoint, um, boosters, fans, you know, it's, 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 we're all in this together and it's not just one or two people that are getting this done. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, a huge workforce behind it that it keeps this thing rolling. But, um, you know, so that, I think that's kind of what the thing we're most proud about. You know, it's not, we just didn't win in 2012 and then won again in 2021. You know, we've been in the mixer, you know, went to the tournament in 2018, won a, you know, a league championship and got screwed in 2016, you know, yeah. Yeah. Or a shot away in 2019 to go again. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's crazy. You know, to to think that what we have done and the other opportunities that we could have had. You know, and um, testament to the, again, I keep saying it with the players and the, and the stat and the, you know the guys. You know, Kern and you know Trey Woodall, Dwayne Lee, Sean Neal, Jerome Robinson. You know, Jeff Massey from way back in the day. Moore. You know, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys who deserve credit for this. Um, and you know, Coach Schmidt obviously being the, you know the one keeping it all together. Um, but yeah, you know, in terms of the guys, you know, they're the current team. Every one of them was here for at least one summer session, you know, working out. Um, some were here for two. Um, I feel like Linton Brown is just here by himself, like wondering <laughs> what the hell did like he had no he, one with him. He was here with a couple guys. He was here oh, with okay. um, uh, who was he here with? Uh, the three freshmen actually. Um, those four. No, Luke and. Were, Okay. Yeah, Anwar, Jorium, and, and Justin were all here together for that second session. Um, the returners were all here, you know, and the transfers were here for the the uh, the first summer session. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if I can name any one specific guy. You know, it was kind of weird this year because we weren't in the Rally Center, so they were always in Butler or Richter. So I would couldn't just pop out there and you know watch. You know, I saw to be honest with you, I didn't see a ton of it. You know, oh okay, That'd be a better question for you know Kern and and Sean and. And Schmidt, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, but like I said, I would say that the guys were working out every day and, you know, working with coach Fisk in the weight room, you know, and doing some academic stuff, even obviously, you know, with, uh, you know, the summer school classes. Um, But I would think, you know, the, I'm confident telling you that the five starters are going to get better. You know, if they they will be better than they were last year, they, they, they got a taste for winning, but aren't satisfied. And obviously, you know, they. I think the goal this year is not only to make the tournament, but but win some games in the tournament. Mm-hmm, um, that's that's kind of how we built the schedule too. It wasn't just to get there, you know, it was to to win yeah. games. You know, I think we've, yeah. you know, the goal for a while was to make the tournament. And obviously, that's that's obviously the goal because you can't win games if you don't make it. But you know, we want to we want to make the Sweet Sixteen. You know, you you know, we want to make the Final Four. You know, why not? You know, it's like yeah, why not? You know, we want to go to New Orleans. Yeah, we want to exactly. see you down in New Orleans. You know it. Obviously, that's going to be you know winning games is extremely hard, but you know we want to win games. We want to we want to advance. You know, other schools of similar size and in our league have done it. You know, why why can't we do it? You know, and mm-hmm. um, and those guys, I think you referenced the you know the LSU game. Obviously, it didn't go as anyone wanted to, um, but you know, I think our guys. I think I heard Kyle actually on a, a podcast, not to plug someone else's podcast, but. Um, no, we do it all the time. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I listened to that. Did you, yeah, day, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was awesome. JP wrote an article about it 
Um, yeah. So I went back and listened to it actually. And, um, you know, he, he kind of said he was happy the game. It was kind of interesting how he put it. You know, he was happy the game went like it did because it's just going to fuel him more for this mm-hmm. coming season. You know, it was kind of a cool yeah. way to put it. Um, you know, they got I remember, a taste. I remember seeing someone tweet at him like a screenshot of him crying after yeah. that game, like trying to be an asshole oh, about it. But yeah, Lofton was yeah. just like, thanks. That's exactly what I needed. This is what I, I need that fuel. So I'm going to yeah. like – be looking yeah. at this every day. Every time I get up, I'm going to remember this, this moment, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. You know, they, you know, it was like their freshman year, they were so close, you know, that fueled them for the next year, you know, and obviously COVID mm-hmm. ended the, the end of the year. So who knows how that would have went their sophomore year, but you know, their junior year, they got a taste. We made it, you know, we finally, they made it, they made it, you know, not, not me, they did it, you know, the players did it. Um, in a, you know, the first game didn't go how they wanted to, and that's going to fuel them for next year. You know, they want to win games. You know, they want to make a run. You know, it potentially could be their last go around. Who knows what will happen? Um, yeah. You know, they, they want to taste the winning in the tournament. Um, and, and you know, I talked about Jaron earlier. It's, it's We got a really group, good group of guys. You know, I obviously know the five returners more than the other guys just because I've been around them now for, you know, two, three, four years. Um, it's, it's, it's a great group of guys. It really makes being a part of this program, you know, I think I, I think I can speak for the staff and you know my spark my small part in any success we have, but it makes it so much more rewarding when you do it with good kids and that they are young men. They and they really are. I couldn't you know I'm not just blowing smoke. You know they they really mm-hmm. and you guys have seen them in the community and seen them around and you know yeah. as, as of other oh, yeah. people. They they are really good kids and you know represent this university the right way and and yeah and you, you know you reference that picture of Kyle and, and it's like that they care you know they they really really care about this place and, and care about winning and care about doing it the right way and you know it's 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 uh, uh, lucky to be around them honestly and we're lucky to have guys like this in our program and you know we expect the, all the new guys that we brought in to be they, you know they showed it in the summer you know they're they showed that kind of same kind of you know attitude and, and and makeup and demeanor and you know we're we're really excited to get them on board and you know hopefully to get these stars a little bit of rest on the court too <laughs> you know yeah hopefully not to play 40 <laughs> minutes but um it's yeah I, I don't know that i could pick out one guy you know i, I think yeah you know, i think some of the freshmen will make some impacts i think you know the, the transfers obviously have, have played at a high level you know whether that's you know in game action or at least you know practicing against you know acc type you know level competition i think yeah you know, a lot of them, a lot of these guys went and worked with people over the summer. You know, you said Kyle was with Tyler Ralph, Jaron was with Tyler Ralph, Quadra was, was with Tyler Ralph. You know, Kareem's, you know, been with the is with I think he's with right now the the Mali national team. You know, Attaway's working people, Shoon's working with a big man guy. You know, these these guys are not afraid to work and yeah. are always trying to get better. And I think that will that will benefit all of us and you know fans and everybody. Will hopefully will be a special year. I think so. 82 days by the time this podcast comes out until the Siena game. And wow. we are just, we are just anticipating it. Enjoy the last few little bits of your summer here, Matt, because I appreciate that. Yeah. Once, once Labor Day rolls around and the leaves start changing, that's, that's yeah, go time. We're, we're yeah, really man. excited. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> back on with us. Of course. Yeah. Happy to do it. And it's always, always have a fun time with you guys. You guys are, you know, big uh, supporters of the program. We appreciate what you guys do. Always positive And, you know, yeah, we, we know you guys care. And so it's, it's always a, a pleasure to be with you guys. And 
that Siena game, that, that's going to be a fun night. You know, we'll have banners, we'll have rings. We got the Franciscan Cup. We got yeah, hopefully the yes. first game with fans. You know, it's yeah. going to be a, an electric, special, powerful night. I think for I can't wait the program, the fans, the university. I, I, yeah, I think I think it's an understatement to say that these guys are chomping at the bit to to get out there on November 9th. Once again, once again. Um... I think maybe the most informational podcast we put out whenever we have you on. So as long as we're doing this, as long as you're still at Bana's, we we would love to continue to have you every summer. It's been, it's been awesome. Awesome conversation with you. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, I'll do it whenever you guys want. If you want me more than once, let me know. I'm happy to, All right. to, yeah, to, yeah. to be with you guys. All right. Well, thanks again, Matt. Yep. It's always good to hear from Matt Papano. It's really helpful in getting me back into the mindset of basketball. Because I think when we did the TBT preview, I accidentally said match, like a soccer match, instead of <laughs> game. So that told me I really got to recalibrate here and start looking at possibly the one of the most historic seasons in Bonnie's basketball coming. Hopefully. And he helped give us a lot of insight, broke some news about a big exhibition against Alfred. Right, and then uh, also Wink Wink not just about the uh, the rumored UConn game in Newark. It seems like just based on a little bit of research that I've tried to do on it, it just seems that it would be December 11th, which he also winked at. Yeah, <laughs> when the Never Forget Tribute Classic happens at um, mm-hmm. Newark, it's kind of a 9/11 type memorial fundraiser. I forgot all the all the things behind it, but it's usually broadcast on CBS or ESPN or something. So. Hopefully we're just waiting for the final details on that because that should be another cool late fall trip. We got some clarity. And I think after that conversation, we know every non-league game and every date, you know, if you're reading between the lines. So we we pretty much know our entire out-of-conference slate. And while we know um, who we're playing in the A-10 and where we're playing, we don't exactly know the dates that of that yet so within a month we'll know that as well so we pretty much patient yeah we know (laughs) every patient we know every team that we're playing i think and we know where we're playing every team you know it's just when when i'm gonna finally go to goal arena yeah but but where i also was with you uh last month was an arena at columbus ohio at ohio state university for the basketball tournament tbt Mm -hmm. now it's been a little while since we were there the brown and white, they narrowly lost to Team Hines in the 314 game, right? Or was it 413? 413. 4-13. Got my numbers yep. mixed up there, but we were up as much as 10 in the third right. quarter before eventually Team Hines kind of blew past them and I believe ended up winning by was it eleven? I think something like that, yeah. It was yeah, it it got out of hand just because of the way the uh the Elam ending works, so the possessions were a little different than you would typically see, but it still was a pretty good turnout, I think, for the team for their first appearance together in years, yeah. and even including some new guys like Quentin DeCozy and mm-hmm. and others. So what did you think you as being, you know, part of the, the team behind actually creating the brown and white? What did you think of the whole experience? I loved it. I can't wait to to start doing it again. Um, I can't wait to start, you know, reaching out, not only fundraising, but helping put a roster together. Um, And like you said, like we did run out of some firepower. We ran out of gas going in. Team Hines was being dubbed as like a EuroLeague super team. 
Um, and we came in without a true point guard and without a true big man. And we were still like up in the third, fourth quarter because of how hard these guys are playing. You saw like the classic Bana grinded out defense. Uh, I, I thought they played great defense in the first half. Um, but, you know, I, I think we just ran out of gas. We were only playing eight guys. Um, but you know, overall as an experience, it was, it was great just to see these guys get to play together, practice together again. Um, just to be out with them, getting to know them a little bit was awesome. Uh, and you know, next year it's going to be even better because we're going to be hopefully bring all these guys back to campus and do the mini camp at the Riley center, do stuff around the community. And, uh, hopefully we can get, get some more Bona guys on board. And we were right. It was a 67-56 loss for the brown and white. But we did hear some uh, other former Bonna people, former Bonner players that were showing some interest in possibly joining. So that would be cool if we get a little more firepower there. I think it was a pretty interesting experience just to to see how everybody was back together. I thought thought all the guys were pretty happy to kind of, you know, play with each other then that didn't play with each other or that did play with each other. And also the ones like, like Meech and Daquan cook who didn't necessarily play with Darren Griffin. I thought that was cool that they were able to, you know, kind of unite and bond yeah. over this thing that we all love. And we're listening to an hour and 15 minute podcast about, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the little wrinkle, you know, Matt Mobley putting up a goose egg, getting, uh, getting his layup volleyball spiked back into the baseline <laughs> by um, not only the Darian Griffin, but DeCozy, who was wearing number two. It was very, very odd to see that. Um, but, you know, I mean, Mobley, I, I'm not sure exactly what his reasoning was, but uh, it was it was interesting to see, to see him out there against those guys. I think the highlight of the game for me was it was like the first – five minutes was seeing Daquan cook nail a three and it that yeah. just shows how the guys have changed their games because they're playing overseas. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Daquan, if I would have loved to have seen Schmidt's face, if Daquan shot a three <laughs> in 2012, yeah. Yeah. now give now fast forward nine years later and he's playing in, I believe in Tunisia and other places mm-hmm. in, in Europe and overseas. Qatar, and, I think. And- yeah. All over the place. Just, they play a similar style to the NBA where you have a lot of stretch fours, stretch fives, big men that have to shoot to, you know, survive in the league. And it seems like he adapted that way because yeah. that was really cool to see Daquan shoot a three. He told and me he it. was, he was stuck quarantined in, I think it was Qatar and he, I, I think you said Tunisia. Oh, maybe Tunisia. Yeah. And he was just like, the agents didn't care about me. Like they didn't care if I could get out of here safely. They didn't, he's like, I'm probably never going back to that country. I think it was Tunisia. Cause he said he would go back to Qatar, but not Tunisia. And he was just like, no one cared. I was just stuck in the, over there quarantined. And it was, it was awful. So feel bad for him having to go through that, but it was cool seeing him back. Uh, he's one of the nicest people I've ever met, to be honest, Daquan yeah. Cook, uh, great guy. Yeah. Same with LD. Like all those guys are just, they're just good guys. Oh yeah. I was very excited to see them all together again. That was really mm-hmm. cool. And hopefully next year they're playing, you know, maybe in Syracuse or somewhere at least a little bit closer. Oh, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like we're, we're trying to get a regional in Buffalo. Um, in a, well, cause unfortunately the SUNY Amherst, yeah. team, they, they, yeah, they did tough. really well and, they and got Syracuse the, did win it all. Yeah. The, the SUNY Army, Amherst team got, here. got to, uh, 
got to the final four, which I was like, are you kidding me? That's what we wanted to do in our first year. Um, and we can do that next year, I think. Uh, we, we got the guys professionally that are good enough to do that. And then Syracuse wins it all. So three, three teams who, you know, exceeded expectations or made a, a solid debut against a tough team and your defending champion, I think we're going to get a regional in Western or Central New York next year, and that's going to be awesome. I think it would be cool for Rochester. That way you can share it between the three schools, although yeah. I feel like it's probably going to be in Syracuse just because, A, they've had it there before, and B, Syracuse won. So I, that's just my guess. I don't really know. I'll take it. I would take it, yeah. Syracuse, wherever. That would be really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us again here on SB Unfurled and Friends for another summer edition. We're getting closer and closer to the season starting, like I told Matt Papano, 82 days from Thursday, August 19th until that Siena game. We'll see an A-10 championship banner raised in the Riley Center, Mm -hmm. and we should hopefully have a jam-packed Riley Center and and a new Riley Center. Like you said, there's some upgrades there, too, so the sound and lights are a little better in it, too. Bright lights, hopefully for a top 25 team. Hashtag rank the Bonnies over the offseason. I'm not sure when the AP is going to come out with their poll, but they better hashtag rank the Bonnies. I think we're going to get a top 25 going into this year. Um, I don't know why we wouldn't be, but it would be the first time since like 71, I want to say. Well, I know why we wouldn't be because of the name on the front of our jerseys, but I think it's the first time since the 1970 or or 71 team right right around there. It's been about 50 years, 50 years without being ranked. Hopefully that drought ends as well as the final four drought. And thank you all so much for joining us. If you haven't, once again, subscribe to us on Spotify, whatever, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. We should be there at SB Unfurled on Twitter. At LilbonX on Twitter. We're going to have some more content for you guys coming out over the coming weeks as we get closer and closer to that Siena game and Bonnie's basketball finally coming back. Thank you all for joining us. Yeah.